And welcome back to the Podmore Get Better podcast. Today is Sunday, December 23rd. It's coming up on Christmas, Will. Yeah, it's it's about that time. I'm Will Sandstead. I'm here with Tony Johnson right now. Yeah, we're uh, we're a little late on content this week, but thankfully we did actually get an email. Yes, I, yes, I, I know a lot of times we say we got emails, but uh, just a little look behind the curtain, some of those might not have been real emails. <laughs> He's letting the cat out of the bag. Yeah, cat's out of the bag. Out of Santa's uh, sack. But this was a real, I guess it wasn't technically an email, it was a tweet, but uh, so we'll talk about that. I appreciate uh, the question there. Uh, but first, I think the the only news, the, uh, the only, I'd say, big news this week is this information coming out of uh, PEGT Tour, uh, some... Uh, some changes to their, I guess not schedule, but changes to the locations that the tournaments will be at this coming year. Yeah, typically held at uh, six different locations, six events throughout the course of the year. Uh, I know we were just at the last one in Houston, and uh, I want to toast you up to that because that was a blast. It was a blast. Cheers to Houston. Oh, beautiful. Rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get there, but uh, let's st- so <laughs> start off the year. We've got... Uh, Florida, which hasn't changed, although they keep changing the location in Orlando, but although I don't know if it's changed from last year to this year. I haven't been to Orlando in, uh, for the tournament in at least eight years, maybe. I think it's, it's, it's been a while. It, it just coincides with ski season, Yeah. and I tend to, you know, I fancy myself quite a skier. <laughs> uh, the girls are into skiing now, so uh, you know, we do a lot of skiing in the winter, and uh, it's just tough. Uh, but then the one after that, which has been locked in for a while, Sussex, Wisconsin. Ooh, love it. Uh, which we will be definitely, well, I'll be doing my very best unless something is really uh, conflicting. Yeah, unless something major comes up. uh, Yeah, they get 10,000 added. Uh, Stefan puts on a great event at uh, Sussex Bowl. Huge, huge space. They got TVs all over the place. Slabs Uh, and crabs. Don't forget about slabs and crabs. crabs. I think uh, Adam Fitzgerald usually is kind of the ringleader with that, taking everyone's order, what they're going to get. Just a great overall event. You can fly into Madison. You can fly into Milwaukee. Worst comes to worst, fly into Chicago. A lot of cities you can get into Chicago pretty cheap. And from Chicago, I think it's about an hour and a half. Yeah, but and I, I'm, I'm. There's enough Chicago guys go to that tournament that I think you'd probably be able to find a ride if you coordinated enough in advance. But, uh, yeah, so after that, uh, the St. Louis tournament, which I know still hasn't been officially announced, uh, I know it's one of the most attended, so I'm sure they're having it in St. Louis. I think they're probably just finalizing the details of the weekend. I I think even maybe uh, Steve did put something online, like tentatively, it's whatever weekend he said, and then but they want to finalize it before he makes an official post. Yeah, Wright and Power Events is uh, backyard, always a great place, St. Louis. Uh, I've gone to, I think, two of those, I believe. Um, but yeah, great, great area. Yeah, I think you know, for me. yeah, centrally located, uh, right in the middle of the right in the middle of the country for the most part. So I think it always gets good tur- turnout. Similar and for to that Houston. one, you're going to want to fly into St. Louis. Oh, okay, yep, definitely fly into. St. You're St. not going to fly into Chicago. Hitch Colum- that yeah, I suppose technically you could fly into Columbia, Missouri, but that's a that's a really dirty town. <laughs> Columbia, Missouri, just all tigers and ugh. Uh, but uh, so after that, it, things start to change up a little bit. Yeah. So. Uh, we talked about it just last week, I think, the Cincy Open uh, in August, which was tentatively scheduled for August uh, 21st, 22nd, kind of in that range. Uh, not happening in Cincy this year. They've moved it. Uh, sounds like uh, maybe there was some behavior that was not uh, appreciated by the bar owner, so he's decided to uh, not be interested this year, and they weren't able to find a suitable replacement location, so they've moved it to Evansville, Indiana, uh, which is not by Indianapolis. No, I I looked I I, I assumed because you know Indianapolis or Indiana is about 
is about half the size of Minnesota, so I assumed it couldn't be very far away from Indianapolis. It's it's a good three and a half hours from Indianapolis. Yeah, it, it looks like it's right along the southern border. It's, of, very, it's actually closer to St. Louis than it is Indianapolis, I think. Jesus. It's right at the tip of uh, tip of Indiana. Anyway, so Evansville uh, will be the August tour stop. I, the dates are officially announced. I think it's probably those same dates that uh, that they were talking about for Cincy. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think you could. The, your options are. I believe Louisville. I think Louisville is the closest. Ooh, like, that's a sneaky angle right there. The the closest major airport, uh, and then St. Louis and Indy. I mean, there is an airport in Evansville, but you don't. You're not going to have nearly as many directs into Evansville as uh, a lot of the other places that we we play these tournaments at. Uh, from there, I think we, we hit Richmond. Don't we, we hit Richmond's next. So he's uh, about be two a uh, month and a half or so. So early early October. And that'll uh, be number eighteen, correct? I can't keep track anymore. Yeah. 17, 18, something in that range. Yeah. Uh, but almost I, legal now. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> legal. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, I'll, we'll see if, I mean, that's a long ways out. We'll see if it ha- happens for me. I was able to get there last year, so I'm happy to, I was happy to be able to do that. Uh, and then the big, uh, I guess the biggest change, maybe, I guess Evansville yeah. is a pretty big change, is the end of your tournament is no longer in Houston. Uh, it is in Austin, Texas. Still Texas. Uh, that, that's a big state, though. It is a big state. state. It's it's way further from Houston than Evansville is from Indianapolis, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm not a geography major, but I know at least it's not Amarillo. Everything that would be really far away. Is bigger in Texas. Might as well be in like Mississippi. (laughs) It's Amarillo. Uh, But uh, yeah, so it sounds like they got. uh, I saw I saw somebody post something a couple weeks ago. It was right after the Houston tournament. Uh, bar owner in Austin, Texas, says, "Hey, I'm I'm interested in hosting a tournament." I think I think that's Brian Evans. Okay. If, if I recall his name properly. Interested in hosting a tournament, and, you know, please direct message me. He was posting at Steve, essentially. Uh, let me know if you've got any interest. Uh, basically, it sounds like there maybe was some interest. I, I think we speculated last week that we assumed that Houston would continue to host the end-of-the-year tournament. Uh, but uh, apparently not. You know, new ownerships, you never know. Uh, yep. But he was able to get the same amount added at the Austin venue, 10000 compared to what Houston has been offering for the last handful of years 10,000 so uh yeah it, it uh moved up to austin texas a little bit north flights are i just pretty from, comparable from my like. perspective uh, <coughs> coming from minneapolis you know i'm always trying to fly direct if i can there's there's fewer direct flights into austin than there is into houston but but there was still three a day so it's yeah. not so bad um obviously one airport instead of two the airport's a little ways away from the venue Airports on kind of the south side of Austin, and technically this tournament's not in Austin; it's in Cedar Park, which is like a northern suburb. Home so, of Ed Godfrey. Yeah, he, he might attend a, this he, tournament. Yeah, yeah, he might. Well, yeah, he always attends the Houston Open, but he tends to roll in at about uh, 1:05 p.m. on uh, Saturday, and right uh, after the Calcutta. Just, yeah, and just <laughs> takes an Uber back to Cedar Park after the tournament's done on Sunday. So I know Steve made a joke about. I, I want to finally get Ed Godfrey to show up for something besides a Saturday and a Sunday at a tournament. So at the Houston tournament, uh, like I said, I believe the new final stop, the end of the year tourney, will be in Austin. So we've got that yep. covered. And I believe the gentleman's name is Brian Evans. Okay. I got to meet him briefly. It sounds like he is the manager of the new location. Got the same match in terms of money added. And he was at the Houston tournament, as was his wife. And so he manages this bar, and they posted a Facebook video. This thing looks very spacious. Nice. Uh, I, I would put it on a level probably similar to Sussex. Okay, uh, he talked about already visions to pull out certain tables, certain pool tables. 
uh, just slamming every damn golden team machine they well, can they, in there. They even had like an area, I can't remember exactly what they called it, but like the event stage or something like that. That they yeah. said they're going to clear out the event stage or whatever they called it with pool, because t- it currently has pool tables. So obviously, pool tables take a lot of room. And so if you can clear those out, you make a, a ton of room for, for golden oh, yeah. team machines. So yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, so I think the event stage would probably be geared towards one or two streaming machines. Uh, technically, they just have one streaming machine, but I know uh, Richard King and Golden TTV have been playing around with different mixers or different boards where they yeah. might have a potential to stream two or four matches, uh, depending on if a match is late in the round, if it's a close game, if it's early in the round, and you know someone's five off par and they're five behind early off, that obviously probably wouldn't be on the stream. Well, I know the goal in Vegas this last year was to have four streaming machines that they could kind of do what you just described, which is to kind of flip back and forth. Yeah. And in Richmond, they did have two streaming machines. They had the ability to, to flip-flop back and forth. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be the end of your event. Uh, we've already booked our VRBO. Oh. Uh, actually, Airbnb, but, you know, same thing, really. Uh, and there's a... It's, yeah, it's juicy. It, it's a it's a pretty sweet place. It's, it's like four miles due east of the bar and uh, a lot of bedrooms, a pool, and a hot tub. Hopefully the hot tub works. On, on, like on, our, on two acres in case uh, I run around naked or something in the middle of the night, jumping very in the possible. pool. Uh, I noticed there was a little water slide into the pool. Yes. With definitely a spot from, I'd say, I don't know, six feet up where you can jump in. Oh, cannonballs for sure. Cannonballs. Yeah. Uh, nice it's, not, rock it's, not the, uh, it's not the 14 or 15 feet from, Jump, uh, from Vegas off, a couple years ago. Jumping off pillars, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it'll do. Yeah. I think, uh, so that'll be fun. We've already booked that. And uh, I yeah. think normally we're late to the game on the VRBO, mm-hmm. Airbnb scene. But uh, once we saw it was going to be in uh, Austin, we said, well, let's book it. We're going to yeah. be there anyway. Might as well get in early. And the pricing was really pretty good, actually. Yeah, it looked like uh, in this uh, Austin area, Cedar Park, actually, uh, it also looks like there's some good golf courses around there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like they have like a little reservoir with a river or something, maybe a dam. I'm not sure how it works, but uh looked very cool. I, I've never been to Austin, Cedar Park area, so looking forward to that. Uh, maybe get in a day early, depending on flight prices, the whole deal, work schedule. Uh, make sure I submit my time off with the Kevin Lindsay supplemental PTO. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to get in a day early, maybe shoot a round of golf, you know. Try to get something under about you know one fifteen, one ten. That'd be a successful start. You're to a much weekend. better golfer than you give yourself. <laughs> I've golfed with Will, usually with a bottle of Jack Daniels. But uh, well, 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 I think there was a time we were at uh, Victory Links. We uh-huh. ran out of a bottle of Jack Daniels, took the golf cart to a liquor store <laughs> that we could see from the golf course, drove across a county road or two. Pulled in the liquor store in the golf cart, and then uh, we're, we're back on the links. <laughs> yeah, well, we played 36 that day, so at the, uh, yeah, we played 18, ran out, so uh, you and Dacus went to go get oh, uh, a, another bottle. <laughs> I think, I it think was I you. shot like 73 in the second 18, so I, I think, it must have been just at the right level. Oh, my gosh. Um, so on that note, those are pretty big uh, tidbits of information from Power Events, but something else that got mentioned... And it's not due to his long drive, but I saw a post on Facebook in the Golden Tee fan page. Yeah. It sounds like Paul Luna is the new president... Of the board. Of the board of Power Events Golden Tee Tour. Incredible. Oh, man. What, an ame- what a meteoric rise that Paul Luna yeah. has had in the, in the Golden Tee world. You know, just it seems like just eight years ago, nobody ever heard of Paul Luna. And then, you know, he starts to go to some, some tournaments... Uh, you know, creates quite a name for himself in terms of his 
performance at tournaments, and then he actually starts winning tournaments, and now he's the president of the board of the PEGT Tour. That, that, that's amazing because there could be new rules implementations. I know uh, there was some blowback. You were actually in the finals against Paul Luna at the Minnesota Open, and during the middle of a match... Speaking of blowback. Yeah. During the <laughs> middle of a match, Paul Luna had some blowback and spent about 15 or 20 minutes in the middle of the championship match against you uh, clearing his bowels, apparently. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, nature calls. Uh, sometimes these tournaments can get a little rough on the... Uh, on the gastrointestinal, and yeah. so uh, he had to go to the bathroom. Uh, it was fine. I think we probably ended up doing a cherry bomb in the meantime. Yeah, and uh, got on with things. But uh, yeah, I ended up losing. So, yeah. So Paul. Good Luna, move by Paul. Yeah, Paul Luna, president of the PEGT Tour Board. Uh, very exciting news there. Uh, we, we could have a uh, defecation rule that comes into play. Uh, so we'll look for any rules updates. Mm. Uh, I know they have rules against use of certain foreign substances, whether it's a uh, Duncan's ball lube or whatnot. Uh, so we we also may have some new rules for the PEG2 tour this year. All right. Well, looking forward to that. It sounds like he already is having some big influence. We've already changed two cities just in the last week. Oh yeah. He said the hell with Houston. Screw that city. We going to Austin. Yeah. Threw down also, the gavel. Evansville. Huge, huge move. So anyway, congrats to congrats to Paul. Uh, big move. Yeah. I assume it pays enormously. I can't even imagine. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, anyway, congrats to Paul, uh, and we're looking forward to finalizing the dates on the St. Louis. Hopefully that comes up pretty soon, and then we'll have our full PEGT tour schedule for 2019. Yeah, next up, so let's flip it over to events mode, Tony. This week we did have an events mode, always happy. Uh, I, I know I love waking up, going to work, and just thinking about uh, juicy events mode tourneys. Yeah. Uh, we were fortunate enough this week to have an events mode. Uh, last week, or excuse me, well, Last week, this coming week, whatever you want to call it, uh, we're still on the rotation of one-on-one-off. So we have an yep. events mode. They take a week off. They analyze data, and the subsequent week they have another events mode. So, what are your thoughts on this uh, this events mode? Kind of uh, some different different uh, tweaks and adjusting of the dials. You yeah. Could say. So uh, last Sunday we were speculating because we gotten a little bit of information from Kevin, but not kind of the final thing. And and in the information we gave to our listeners. We said it was going to be a maximum of 10 per day. And then we talked about that and said, eh, maybe let's go a little lower than that if, you know, if it was our choice. Yeah. And it turns out they actually did. They adjusted that dial. Uh, what has been 10 events modes max per day over the last four events, I guess, three or four, uh, is now, was now five. <coughs> and I think that was great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I'm playing my fifth events mode, I wish that I had some more. But I, I agree. I, I completely understand, and I think it makes a ton of sense to do it the way they did it because especially with a 100 person tournament if they had had 10 max per day it would just be the top 10 or 15 spots in every tournament would be bangers yeah just and now bangers going to have to pick their not pick their poison but you know they have to make a choice okay when do I want to play because mm-hmm. I've only got five uh, and if anything maybe I'd go even a little lighter especially with these big tournament the big 100 person tournaments so that was a dial we didn't even talk about I don't think we, we've talked about the dials yeah. that they haven't haven't pulled yet right and so Correct. I think the wind and the clubs are the two major ones left that they haven't pulled. And now they, they did, uh, obviously, uh, two events ago, they had the 25-person tournament, so they had moved that dial down from the normal 50. That, those 25-man tournaments were gorgeous. Oh, I loved them. Oh. They were filled so fast. It was great. But, uh, yeah, now this, uh, this week it was 100. It was still the dollar, the dollar entry, and uh, the payouts were good. And, you know, I, I had a lot of, I mean, 
I had a lot of fun playing it because I, I did well. Uh, but also, uh, I liked the course a lot. You know, we, t- we talked about the holes uh, that were going to be in it. It was a mix of Alpine and Summit and Tundra. Correct. All snow holes, or snow courses. And uh, and there's a couple holes that can be pretty nasty on, on those courses. And and the nastiest holes were not on there. And so I think it was a pretty enjoyable set. And I hope that, not that I play a ton of uh, Freaky Friday-esque uh, invites, uh, but that would be a really good course to throw onto invites as a uh, as an as, option. As an option, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the uh, hole selection and the timing of the holes, for example, the first week, or the first hole in this week's event mode, long par five, basically you're getting eagle every time. If you don't yeah. get eagle, boom, you're screwed. And I think it's similar to their 18-hole courses where they kind of ramped it up from easy to moderate to difficult in terms of the hole selection, how that progressed throughout the round. So I, I thought they did a really good job, number one, with the holes, and then number two, the order in which they were put in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it was great. I think, uh, I'm trying to think back, I think this is probably my, well, no, I, should, I was going to say it was my favorite event so far, but actually the week where the, with the mix-up of uh, Pine Meadow and uh, and Crawdad was probably my yeah. favorite week, which was, I mean, because we're seeing new courses. Uh, but this was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun playing this week, and I've got <laughs> about half of a round left as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm going to finish out uh, my fifth event mode of the day. Oh, timers are off, apparently. Yeah, timers are yeah, off. Par- yeah, partner with your vendor. Have them turn the timers off if uh, you have a Paul Luna, you know, bowel blowout and you need to make a run to the bathroom, uh, make sure the timers are off. Otherwise, you're getting stroke limited. Eventually, your game's going to time out. So that's a, that's a great little side note there for saving strokes. You, you don't want to get those timer delays there. Absolutely. Uh, what's next up? Uh... We talked last week about uh, the sweet deal on uh, on Facebook. Yeah, Benji uh, Worley's uh, bar edition, home edition, home edition, bar edition. Yeah, you know, interchangeable. Horse a piece apparently for uh, Benji. Yeah. Uh, Notice that that post was not uh, not on Facebook anymore. Yeah, that post gone. Yeah, I assume he must have sold it. Yeah, you would think. You know, tis the season; it's Christmas. Someone probably got a pretty sweet Christmas deal. I know you can buy a home edition on GoldenTea.com. On their website, yep. I've yet to see the bar edition slash home edition on their website. So, so someone we got all a, dream. Yeah, someone got a once in a lifetime opportunity. Uh, the post is gone. You've checked eBay. I've scoured Google. I've scoured Bing. I've scoured Yahoo. I've even gone as far as going through Ask Jeeves. That machine nowhere to be found. Nowhere. To have be you found. checked AOL.com yet? No, I haven't. My uh, I I don't have a phone line anymore, so I think I'd still have to use dial-up. Uh, I don't know if they have a valid search engine that's fairly functional, but yeah. no, I haven't. Okay, well, I got well, I got well, more research for next week's podcast. Yeah, I guess. yeah. Well, and speaking of, I guess speaking of Christmas presents, obviously it's Christmas week, so uh, want to obviously send a, a happy Christmas uh, shout out to all the listeners. Thank you so much for. Listening for the last, uh, what do we start, uh, in May? Worlds. May, June, kind of. So it's been uh, yeah. seven months. Most most weeks. Not every week, but most weeks. Uh, but uh, obviously uh, holiday season. And uh, looking forward to uh, turning over the new year and continuing on the podcast. I'll, I'll toast you up to that. Cheers I, to uh, that. I still got Blue Mountain. Blue Mountain. Mm. <sighs> All right. Go ahead, Will. What do we got next? Yeah, so... You kind of touched upon it earlier. We did uh, have a authentic mailbag question yeah. slash uh, tweet that was directed at Tony Johnson and myself. 
Sun, uh, at Sundog Lighting for me and at Vision Saul for Will, if anyone wants to follow us on Twitter. Correct. And so basically the question went back and it's been covered a couple times on the podcast, but probably not 100% thoroughly because as the courses have been out a longer period of time, uh, we had our initial club and ball setups. I know you probably made a few tweaks. I made a few tweaks. Uh, so long story short, the mailbag question reverted back to what are we currently playing? What do we feel like we're settling on at this point for the 2019 courses? Yeah. Uh, so let's, I guess let's go course by course. Uh, Catedraeus. So uh, I, I guess I can, I can say on, for balls, I, I'm still using streaks across the board. Streaks across the board for Tony. And I think as far as what other you know bangers or whatever are using, I talked to some in Houston, and, and I think... Streaks on Catadreus are probably the most common streak usage. Due to hole 11, would you think? Due to hole 2, hole 11, to a lesser extent hole 9. It just makes <coughs> the semi-drivable holes a little bit more drivable. And uh, and there's no hole, and the, the greens are big, and there's no holes where you're like, oh god, I hope I don't have a tailwind on that hole, because then I'm going to be screwed with the streaks. There's no holes where you're screwed on. Uh, you know, some people don't like the streaks because they don't spin as much, uh, and that is it can be a disadvantage. But on Catadreus, I feel like it's it's a pretty muted dis- disadvantage, and so the advantage of being able to drive or get close to two, nine, and eleven, uh, two and eleven more so, uh, are, are probably the advantage there. So speaking of advantages, do you feel like there are any clubs, specific clubs, not necessarily your entire bag? Uh, I think at this stage, most of the players who play a decent amount, who listen to the podcast. We're looking to try to step up the game, have a build a bag. Are there any must-have clubs that you feel for Catadreus or any of the other five courses for 2019? So Catadreus is pretty much my standard bag, um, depending on the course. Uh, so which would be, gosh, on the fly here. Uh, gap wedge, nine iron, nine hybrid, seven hybrid, five hybrid, eight wood, six wood, five wood, four wood, three wood. The new 10, 10 and a half higher loft, uh, and then the three ten driver. And what what mixes up for me on most courses is whether it's the eight and a half degree three ten driver, or the nine and a half degree three ten driver. And in the course of in the case of Catadreus, I use the eight and a half uh, because most most mostly for hole two. Uh, again, not a huge advantage, but if I need if there's a hole like another example would be um, agave. Agave is another one where I use the eight and a half instead of the nine and a half because those the specifically hole two I can sneak out another five or ten yards with the high T eight and a half compared to the high T nine and a half, especially since hole two is downhill. Uh, so it makes it worth it to have the eight and a half. Uh, whereas on Pembroke, for example, I have essentially the exact same bet or the except exact same uh, bag except for I want the nine and a half instead of the eight and a half, and that's mainly for hole eight which is the most of the time drivable par four with that nasty bunker in front with the water. Um, yeah. And I, I have, I use the nine and a half on that instead of the eight and a half because of that hole. For that loft, because they do have a, they have a tee box to the right that looks like it's maybe just slightly above the green, slightly. Yep. And then they have the tee box to the left, which it took myself and I think some other folks a little bit to realize, but the tee box on the right slightly elevated in comparison with the green, yep. and the tee box on the left is slightly lower yep. than the green. And I guess I didn't pick up on that right away. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I I don't play the streaks. I, I don't play the uh, 
the the excuse me the nine point five. I played the eight point five. So I uh, definitely have uh, <laughs> more interesting challenges. I guess you could say on that hole. Yeah, I think from the from the higher box on the right hand side, the eight and a half is just fine. Uh, ultimately, you know, it's coming in pretty hot. Uh, yeah. And the eight and a half does tend to roll over the green a little bit more. Uh, but certainly from the lower box on the left, the eight, I feel like the nine and a half is a pretty big advantage compared to the eight and a half. That loft, I would and, agree. Yeah, and, and even there was a, a daily last week sometime where I accidentally played the eight and a half to start. I can't remember exactly why, but um, but I ended up rolling over the green quite a bit with that eight and a half compared to the nine and a half. And the nine and a half, in my opinion, is a big advantage on that course. And so then on, so I've talked about now agave, agave, um, Pembroke and Catadreus, essentially the same bag with the exception of the eight and a half versus the nine and a half. Uh, Beal, I default to the nine and a half, but if hole one looks like it's semi-drivable with a C3, then I will switch to the eight and a half uh, driver because I can pick up a little extra yardage. That's now that's a disadvantage on hole. What hole is that? Ten. The the, the it's like a 360 yard par four drivable into like a down five green. So the eight yeah. and a half can be a little bit of a disadvantage there, but uh, it's worth it in my mind if I can if I can get closer on hole one and or drive hole one. Is, are you referring to the hole where Haas hold out on yeah, putts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The exactly. little one one hopper the through one the hopper. bunker. Yep. Yeah. So that that's the hole. Uh, and then uh, and I use streaks on that course, and I think that's the one that people give me the when I t- when I was talking with people in Houston about it, they they kind of gave me the side eye like, why are you using streaks on that course? Well, again, it, it makes one a little bit no- more drivable. Uh, but really, it does make 18 a lot more difficult. And Agreed. I've talked about it on the podcast before. I, I think that, uh, it, you know, with a tailwind on 18, that it can be tough. Uh, but I, I guess ultimately, I, I, it's probably neutral for me. If, I, but ultimately, it's it's easier for me to, since we can't associate a ball to a course, it's easier for me to just stay one with stay with one ball across the board. Yeah. If we could associate ball balls to a course, maybe I would switch to grabbers there. Uh, but ultimately, I'd rather just not switch. And then getting to the big changer, Sandhill. So I, I do use streaks on Sandhill. That's the other one that I get side-eyed a little <coughs> bit, uh, mainly because of hole 18, again, on that course. But uh, the big club that helps with hole 18 is the super spin 2-iron. Uh, so there's still some setups that can be really difficult with streaks on, on hole 18. Uh, end up usually most of the time with a really difficult setup. I'll skip my zero hybrid through the water and bounce up onto the green. Uh, but uh, but yeah, there, I mean, there's some tough setups even without the streaks. I think even with grabbers or or um, you know any of the barrage or one of the other balls, you know, there are some really difficult setups on 18. But again, I, I feel like it gives me advantage on certainly hole one, uh, hole 14. I think the drivable par four. Correct. Uh, I feel like it, streaks give me an advantage there. I think there's maybe one other one there where it's kind of borderline advantage. So. Uh, again, I, I prefer the streaks, uh, and uh, and but then in terms of clubs, that's the one that changes the most. I don't have a four wood, uh, and I don't have. So my four wood becomes the zero hybrid, and then I have uh, the spinny two iron instead of the three bird, which gotcha. I think I failed to mention in when my uh, in my club run through <laughs> a little while ago. So all my sets have a three hybrid except for Sandhill, which I have a spinny two iron instead of the, the three hybrid. How about you? Uh, so, I've been pretty. Con- yeah, you're, you're you're fine. Sorry, I'll uh, I'll try to cut this down a little bit. Mine uh, doesn't vary as much as yours. 
I go straight across the board with razors, razoids. Love my razoids. Uh, I definitely lose distance on some holes, which can get frustrating. Uh, but for the most part, my club set stays the same. Uh, between Caddy Dreas, Beals Creek, Agave, Pembroke, uh, all across the board, say 8.5 310 driver. Yep. Um, then I go down to the 290 driver, the 10.5 driver. Yep. Three wood, four wood, five wood, six wood, eight wood. Uh, five hybrid, six iron, eight iron, nine iron lob wedge. Uh, in Houston, I got a lot of shit for having a lob wedge. Uh, I'm also not as good as some of these folks. Uh, so if I do get in trouble, I like having that lob wedge in there, uh, kind of as a safety club, just uh, giving me a little feeling back. The only thing I really deviate on is Sand Hill, yep. where I do have a one hybrid and a three hybrid. Okay. And some of those are just little through-the-tree shots and whatnot. I have not perfected to your super spin two iron uh, shot on 18. Uh, I was on the stream playing against Sean Gervais. Uh, I thought I lost a match on that. I was up one stroke going into 18, Sean Gervais, and tried to cut in a six. The six does not cut as much, and I knew that. I still tried to play a little extra cut on it, still hung it out to the right, got wet. Sean Gervais played a six wood as well. Uh, we both got wet, and I one by a stroke so um, I definitely have room for improvement but like I said I think in the previous podcast I don't play Sandhill that often I, I do not yeah. uh, I don't like that course that much I could probably uh, mid-range throughout the year switch to a super spin two iron try to learn a little bit about that club for not just this year's courses but things coming up in the future as well so you could uh, maybe take a page from Al Jazz who just built his fourth bag ever oh he four now bags. Al Jazz now has a Sandhill bag wow. with a spinny two iron. We finally convinced him. So if Al Jazz can be convinced, certainly will you can be convinced. Yeah, well, I think I think I'm at nine build bags currently. I've always kind of held out. I've always wanted to save that space yeah. for the tenth because it sounds dumb and maybe I'm weird, maybe I'm wired differently, but I'd rather have that extra space for a build bag as opposed to going back and editing one. For some reason. Editing a build a bag just starts to drive me bonkers. Even though I think I only use three or four, and yep. then one or two for money shot, depending on the money shot hole. Uh, so I definitely have some bags I don't use, but just having that little safety net of having a tenth build a bag available, I like that. Well, I wanted to real quick go back to your your lob wedge discussion. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't have a lob wedge in any of my bags. Certainly, there are courses where I miss it. Pembroke probably being the biggest. Uh, when I was talking with Al Jazz about his bags the other day. And Catadreus is one where he was, I think he was editing his bag to put in the high loft, the higher loft 290 driver. And we said, well, why do you even have a lot wedge on, on Catadreus specifically? Yeah. And he's like, he couldn't come up with a reason. Because there's, it's, it's all just kind of runoff bunkers. It's mm-hmm. not deep bunkers like on, on Pembroke. And so, you know, I think uh, certainly I would, I would not have a lob wedge in my bag on Catadreus. Uh, and speaking of, so Fox... I don't know. I don't know if it was before Houston or after Houston. Fox put a flop wedge in his bag for Pembroke. Interesting. He must end up in that bunker on eight a lot more than the rest of us, <laughs> because he has a flop wedge. It's the first, I'll, I'll say, pro player that I've ever seen that has a flop wedge. But he's no got a flop shit. wedge in his Pembroke bag. So, so what's and I de- see the reason? So, I mean, it's so, deep so what's, the, what's the default distance on a flop wedge? Thirty, I think. <coughs> 30 as opposed to 40 yeah. on the lob. Interesting. But, yeah, I mean, he can get up and out of that bunker on hole 8 on Pembroke easy. No shit. But I just try not to go in the bunker. Yeah, yeah that's, the, uh, that's, the, that's the safe play there. So 
I still got a, uh, I got another beer up. Yeah, Mons are still blue Mons here. are still blue. I, I'm yeah. still on my first first one here. Uh, I'm only about halfway done. I've been uh, doing maybe more talking, I guess, than Will yeah, has. But, you uh, do the talk and I do the drink and I can, I can <laughs> live with that. We, we do have a uh, slight issue here today. I forgot uh, one piece of our sound equipment. So I do have a, another reserve Coors Light that our recording equipment is leaning up on right now. If you get super desperate, we can always just... Flop that down, and then you could crack open that that third course late. Oh, we got a fridge with extras, but uh, cheers up! It's uh, you know, week sixteen NFL, pretty exciting. One more week oh, after yeah. this week. Oh, I gotta uh, check my rosters here. We got games starting in eleven minutes. Yeah, I gotta make sure minutes. DeAndre Hopkins uh, is still uh, active. Yeah, so some of the other news this week, uh, not all of you, including our Minnesota guys here, uh, are eligible to participate because you don't have participating machines, but Club Lucky did announce for 2019 their monthly tournament structures, and as we all know, Club Lucky has a tournament of champions that they put on typically in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. I've yet to go to a Club Lucky uh, big tournament of champions uh, event for probably five, six years due to we have no machines here in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I went to one like, 10 years ago, maybe. Yeah, Lake Geneva, the, Wisconsin, yeah, yeah, when yeah. we still had machines here. That was a blast. Club Lucky puts <clears> on a great show. Uh, so if you go to the Club Lucky website, they do have a list of locations. Their website's pretty easy to navigate. You can just click on, number one, what the current events are in terms of monthly promotions and tournaments they're doing. Number two, where to play. They have a location finder. It's organized by state. It's alphabetical for dummies like me, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so the first two month, first three months of the year, excuse me, first three months of the year, January, February, March, each month they're giving out two TOC passes to the first and second place winner of the monthly contest. Now in February and March, if first and second place have already won their TOC fat pass, it's going to revert down to third place, yep. fourth place, Kinda whatever like it is. Qualifying did. Correct. Um, yeah. So they'll they'll be ineligible for that, and they'll go to the next person on uh, on the leaderboard. So January is going to be a month for most golden tee points. February will be birdies or better. March will be eagles or better. <clears throat> like I said, two passes per month: January, February, March. And they're also giving away gift cards along with that. So they pay down fifty spots in gift cards. Obviously, you uh, want to do your best. You want to go for some some of the higher end ones. So. First place every month, January, February, and March is going to be 450 plus a World's Pass. Second is $400 in gift cards. Third place is 375. Fourth place is 350, and fifth place is 325. And then it starts to obviously trickle down. Like I said, it pays down 50 spots. Uh, obviously, go to the Club Lucky website. Look for those vendors. Look for those locations where you can get in on that. Uh, potentially start earning some points because I believe throughout the course of the year to participate in the Club Lucky Tournament Champions, you have to have a minimum of 250 games as well. Not all in one month, but leading up to that year-end tournament of champions contest. yeah and i i think that uh we you and i would be perfectly willing to promote this all year and get our 250 games in minimum mm -hmm. in order to get a pass so if there's a vendor out there or a club lucky executive that the the paul luna of club lucky uh that would want that wants us to promote this all year and then you know reward us with a pass to their championship you know we'd meet all other qualifications Two hundred and fifty. We would be happy yep. to talk about it all year. Yeah. So on that note, Tony, I've actually reached out on the Club Lucky webpage where it said, "Contact us with any questions." Yeah. I have not received any word back yet. That was uh, about a week, week and a half ago. Uh, I know we have machines south of us about three hours. 
Uh, three, three, three and a half hours That's down in Iowa, yeah. and then to the east of us in Wisconsin, uh, which is down around Dave Sandmeyer and his crew uh, over by Madison and Waterloo. Uh, I would definitely be willing to go make a three-day weekend out of it, play 50 games a day, the whole deal, um, to try to get one of those TOC passes. I have not heard back yet. Uh, one of my requests was to try to put me in contact with someone, a local vendor, who could say, hey, if you get the games in, I'll get you a pass. I uh, haven't heard anything back from Club Lucky, but yeah, if you can put us in contact with a vendor in either Iowa or Wisconsin, I think Tony and I would be on that, and we would even do live podcasts from the TOC. Of course, we'd be happy to promote it. Did you get your fantasy lineup set? I did. I uh, I made a big change. I've been I've been so I've got it's a two quarterback. I'm in my championship. <coughs> it's a two quarterback. Must be league. nice, yeah. Tony. Must be so, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a two quarterback league, and, and I waited on the quarterbacks for a while. So my quarterbacks, my quarterback options are Dak Prescott. Okay. Uh, I had Carson Wentz. Now I have Nick Foles. I had and I uh, got the handcuff there, and I have Josh Allen. So I've been kind of weighing my options all week, and I've just I at the last minute I've decided Dak is out, Nick Foles is in. Ooh. And in terms of running backs, I got a little bit of a dilemma there. I've settled on uh, I got uh, Philip Lindsay. And Marlon Mack, and on my bench is the Williams from Kansas City and the Williams from Green Bay. So uh, I'm settled. And DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins is active, so that was the big one I was worried about whether Ooh. he was going to be inactive. That was but that big sigh of relief we heard. Yeah. Whew. Oh, there we go. Yeah, championship match. Go for it. Yeah. We're uh, we're all going to be rooting for you unless uh, one of our listeners happens to be going against you. So we kind of are talking about fantasy football. We got different segments on here. Uh, one of the things we can briefly touch on, knowing how we like to roll the dice, whether it's Golden Tee, events mode, whether it's uh, our No Whammy segment, uh, we had a little Podmore Get Better event uh, with Al Jazz yeah, and Andy ha- Fox. Holiday party. Yes. The yes. PMGB holiday party was this uh, previous Friday, uh, and we uh, since, since uh, Andy was a previous uh, co-host for a, for a podcast, uh, he was invited, and then uh, Al Jazz... We didn't think he was available, so we went to uh, uh, Canterbury Downs or Canterbury uh, Park Casino, uh, normally a racetrack, but also has a casino. So we went there for a bit, and uh, and it's not too far from Al Jazz's house. And we didn't think he was available because it was his daughter's birthday. Yeah. But as soon as she went to bed, Al oh, Jazz became available. Game on. So the the four of us had a had a evening at uh, at Canterbury, and it was a good time. Yeah, it was uh, definitely good. I uh, I was a good boy. I think I only had three, four beers that evening. I, yeah. Uh, I drove home. I uh, tried to pace myself. I actually drove us there. Chauffeur will, yeah. Yeah, I was going to chauffeur everyone around, but you were uh, you were hitting the blackjack tables, and mm-hmm. you kind of shooed me off, and you said, I got this, man. Uh, so I assume you Ubered, Ubered home, it sounds I like. I did, yeah. Uh, Andy Fox uh, was taking his talents from the blackjack table, uh, reverting back to his former professional career as a poker player, and uh, I think he was bulldozing poker tables. It looked like good to hear. Good yeah. to hear. Uh, Al Jazz, uh, not so much. Uh, uh, should have stayed home for uh, watched his daughter sleep or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm hoping Jazz's jean shop is still in business, but uh, with some of those losses, who could could be a little dicey. So yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, we. Uh, there was some conversation, and we've talked about it on the podcast before. Long putt records. There was yeah. an incredible one. Uh, more incredible than anyone I've ever had. Uh, it was the. Oh, hold on. We got a new. We got somebody just walked into the, the banger bunker. It's Joe. 
Eric Strobridge. Strobridge just Strowbridge. finishing up the podcast in here. He says hi with a, with a wave of his hand. He's either got a Taco Bell, Chick Fil A. Uh, he's got a, it's a bag of something. That's yeah, he, he he's got some takeout food that he just took in. Mm. All right, well, uh, long putt record. Back to that. Uh, Two sixty four. 264 Did you even feet. know that was possible? No, honestly, I thought that uh, I thought I had maxed out at about 235, and I think I've mentioned that before. Uh, I use the vanguards. It's possible. Maybe there's a maybe because last year they had the vanguards and then whatever the other ball rambler or something like that. Mm-hmm. It could be that the uh, rambler gets a little extra juice on the uh, on the putts. So I know that it did confirm that this is. Uh, <coughs> This was a real record. So 264, long putt. So I know ever. you've talked about typically you'll fire up with the vanguards just strictly to try to set the long putt record, but you're yep. looking usually at like a hole one, a hole two, something that's an early hole, flat green, yep. absolutely huge. Yep. Do you think it's possible that there's a hole that you're missing out on later in a course, this one specifically, Pembroke at 264, where maybe there's a down three, down four, down five. I haven't looked at it. I haven't thought of it, but I'm going to throw that to you. I have looked at it, and I have thought about it, and the answer is no. Oh, There is not a big enough green later on to get that long of a putt. Uh, so, uh, yeah, congratulations. Uh, 264, 264. That's, that, that, that's a big number. Now I've got the second longest putt ever. Uh, Speaking of second, uh, I took second last week in our segment that we like to call No Whammies. I went one and one last week. Uh, Tony, you went two and zero again. Yeah, I'm back on the back on the winning uh, side of things. Uh, But uh, yeah, let's go through our picks this week. Uh, Games are about to start in two minutes. Oh, countdown's Uh, on. And uh, but these are the later games. So we've got the Sunday night game. We've got Kansas City at Seattle, and you. I thought the line was two and a half, but uh, Will, you've got to ask two here. Oh, but it's a minus one thirty. I'd rather do, give two and a half and take like a minus one ten. But uh, I am, and the over under I should say is fifty five. Uh, if I was going to bet the over under, I would go under. Agreed. Uh, but I will not be. I will be betting Kansas City minus two. I, I like. Uh, I think that Seattle's a bit over, overrated. Uh, they beat our Vikings a couple weeks ago, and that was very sad. Uh, but then they lost to San Francisco last week in really a pathetic performance. Uh, I will take Kansas City minus two at Seattle. Uh, I'm going to piggyback off you. I'm going to take KC giving two. And I'm also going to go with your earlier thought. I'm going to place two bets on this game. I will take the under 55. Ooh, he's going for a th- you want a 3-0 and week, Will. I, I, I'm going to try. I need to uh, <laughs> try, try to chase you down a little bit here. Right. So you got one bet on this at Kansas City giving two. I'll follow you on Kansas City giving two. And I'm going to try to uh, lay some extra cash and take the under of 55. Okay. All right. Uh, then uh, our Monday night game uh, is kind of a stinker. Yeah. Uh, we've got Denver at Oakland. Ugh. And uh, so that'll be, uh, as I talked about, we've got uh, Philip Lindsay. I might have said Kevin Lindsay earlier. Philip, <laughs> Philip Lindsay. Starting oh, running back, Kevin Lindsay. <laughs> might be deciding my, uh, my, golden, uh, my golden team, my fantasy football championship. <laughs> we've got Denver at Oakland, and Denver, Denver is minus three at a minus 145. That's uh, mm. gross. Yeah, absolutely gross. God, I don't want to lay that much money, but but I'm definitely. I would rather. I'd I'd rather buy it down. I'd rather give another half a stroke and get it down to two and a half, because I think Denver is gonna smoke them. Uh, really? I think Denver is gonna roll Oakland, and uh, I will be. I I'll pay the one minus one forty five, and I will take Denver minus three. So on the road, I got two road favorites here. That's interesting. So Case Keenum on the road late in the year. 
conference rival, division rival. Very Nick Foles-esque. Wow, that's uh, that's interesting. So Denver at Oakland, um, I think that over-under is looking kind of juicy at uh, 43 and a half. I'd, uh, I think I'm going to pop that over. Okay. On the so you got you got the under on KC and Seattle and KC minus two. Yep. And you've got the over forty three and a half on Denver Oakland. Okay. And I've got uh, Denver minus three. Yeah. So uh, hopefully for fantasy's sake, uh, Kevin Lindsay can uh, <laughs> Kevin pound, Philip Lindsay. Yeah. Kevin Philip Lindsay can pound some in uh, pound some in the end zone. Yeah. Number uh, number ninety nine in your playbook. Number one in your hearts. All right. Well, uh, we we've, we've managed to get up to forty five minutes here. I think, uh, oh, what do we got here? Oh. oh, oh, Kevin Lindsay just came through. He's working today. Oh, oh we got some info from Kevin. All right. There we go. So, yep. Uh, Let's roll through on. this quick. Real, real quick. We've got the Mix Up Monday back for the second straight week. Uh, Tundra Mix Up. Yeah, so tomorrow. no events modes this week. So this oh, yeah, is, no uh, events modes. Yeah, so this is kind of what our gameplay is going to transition to outside of regular 18-hole play. So Monday Mix Up is going to be Tundra. Yeah, Christmas Eve, Tundra Mix Up. Uh, Christmas Day, not a lot of play, not a lot of places open, unless you've got a home edition in your or uh, a public edition in your house, like uh, some people. Yeah, one lucky golden tee player. Uh, down to a six hundred and fifty dollar prize pool on Christmas Day. Uh, then we get back up to our kind of regular amounts. Agave on Wednesday, Pembroke on Thursday, and then Freaky Friday is going to be all hole eighteens. Yeah, end the year, so they're going to end the year with ending holes. And uh, forty eight hundred, so it's up a bit. Yeah, that's uh, we've nice. talked about it last week. It's been kind of hovering in that forty five hundred to five thousand range, and we're on the upper side of that range, forty eight hundred. Maybe they shifted some of that Tuesday Christmas Day money over to the Freaky Friday, nice. and then Saturday as agave. So, but yeah, that'll be this week. So, so we get agave twice this week at uh, fifteen hundred twenty three <laughs> on Wednesday. Yeah, and why then, so many agaves? And then uh, Saturday is going to be uh, nine hundred dollars on agave. I can't say I'm too. Uh, too disappointed with Sandhill being on Christmas. That uh, probably gives me a reason not to... Uh, going to miss that one, huh? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll probably find a way to get out and play it, but I'll yeah. probably only play it once. And then uh, just going down the line for Money Shot, uh, typical week here. Thursday is the highest week. Or, excuse me, Thursday is the highest day of the week. We're going to go right down the line as we close this out. Monday, $818 up for grabs. Uh, a lot of bars closed on Christmas, which is Tuesday. Uh, it's going to be the same as the daily contest. Six fifty on the daily, six fifty on Money Shot. Wednesday is a thousand two hundred and one. Thursday, typically highest high day watermark. Of the week. Yeah, typically highest day of the week. Uh, that stays true right here at thirteen hundred and fifty-four dollars. Friday comes in at one thousand one hundred eighty-eight dollars, and Saturday is going to have a dip off, obviously due to weekend play at seven seventy-five. Yeah. So uh, hopefully. Uh you know, people uh, have a good uh, have some good luck this week on uh, the daily and money shot. Do you remember last year if uh, New Year's Eve? Did they have a special contest on New Year's, New Year's Eve, which would in this case be uh, next Monday? So I guess it could be a mix up Monday, but Ooh, a, a they go could all do with a bang or something. Kind of like they did the the freaky freaky <coughs> Friday on a Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I wonder if they'll do something on New Year's that, Eve. That I don't recall. You you have a lot of folks going out to bars and so forth. Uh, you know, it it unfortunately does fall into Tuesday. Or uh, Monday, Monday, I believe. So it's yeah. so it's going to be little, day is Tuesday. Yeah, so it's going to be a little slower. I don't know if uh, folks got their time off through work or if they took the uh, Kevin Lindsay supplemental PTO insurance and uh, took January first off. Uh, but we could see uh, a little bit of ramp up on gameplay on New Year's Eve. All right. Well, uh, the games have started. Sunday, oh, we got to get going now. NFL football. We got to get some volume on this TV stat. 
that'll be it for the week. Uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Hopefully, we got uh, events mode to talk about, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, send in your mailbag questions. Uh, we got that one uh, one last week. Uh, we got the two bogus ones uh, the previous week, so that's great. So keep sending in those questions. We'll uh, be try to you know try to answer them. And uh, otherwise, I'm Will Samstead, Tony Johnson. Take care.